total transparency, I'm pretty sure I've wasted all of the good hours today. So at this point, I am recording this in my car, sitting in my driveway, in the dark, and it's raining. So, and there's also lightning and thunder, so you may hear the outside weather and the pitter-patter of rain. That could turn out good. Might turn out to my detriment. I guess let's get into it and see what's really going on and how it turns out. So, uh, this was a pretty good week. Um, I got a lot of feedback on social media from episode two. Um, I got to talk to some people and fill out some different things. One thing I've noticed is I like the quality direction that I took with the second episode, but it did feel a little isolated, so it's kind of nice to get back into a more open environment. I'm not sure how this is going to sound at this point, but I think it'll be pretty cool. That being said, um, I would like to get kind of back to that. I'm also going to change the format a little bit, and this episode three is kind of the first change in that direction. So this episode actually will have the title power creep and it's going to be the central topic of the episode and i'm kind of going to build toward that but i just want to kind of pre-roll with some of what's been going on what i've been thinking what i'm changing what i'm doing and kind of just let everybody know where i'm at total transparency so being new to the podcasting game i'm still developing and changing my style, but I appreciate all the support and feedback I've gotten so far, and I hope that things keep progressing in the right direction. So, let's get into all that. Um, one of the main things I want to talk about, and actually probably probably because it's so fresh on my mind, but this week um, I just recently read Thumbs, number one. Awesome book. I really liked how it was done. It uses black, white, and pink colors only and so the art style is really cool it's really trippy it's got this very loose sketchy feel to it and I really dug all that but I'm a little concerned that on in a five issue run I might get tired of the black white and pink color schemes so that's kind of where I'm at on that I think issue two sounds like it's going to be awesome I love the way that issue one ended um, the storytelling and the structure in it was really cool and interesting it had this like the first part of the story I read probably two, two and a half times before I finally kind of got what was going on there. It was real frantic and crazy. Then you get a time jump and it kind of slows things down and starts building some character. And then you get another big time jump again. I believe that was the only two time jumps. But um, yeah, it, it ends on a cliffhanger and leaves you with a lot of surprises. It does have like this layer of Ready Player One and kind of things of that nature, but in a lot of ways it feels like um, a revenge film for any anybody that ever felt marginalized for being a gamer or a nerd, you know? So I'm interested to see where this goes and what it does. It's, you know, I guess you could compare it to Ready Player One, but I really didn't feel that that much. But it is there. It is an element just because Ready Player One went on to become the... Uh, um the powerhouse that it did so that was a really cool book i really liked it it's called thumbs um i'm just going to spoil this from the very get-go because it's i don't know how big of a secret it is but thumbs is the name of the main character so that's where the book comes from the title it's kind of weird that they named it that but hopefully they'll because it don't feel like it's really based on like 
centered on that character, if that makes any sense. Yeah, the story was about that character, but I don't know, it's hard to explain. Point being, I don't know, it just seems like a catchy title, I guess, but I was really into it. It was a really cool book. I also read another image, I believe it's Image, it's another book called Sonata. It was really cool, it had this really awesome art style. Um, there was a two-page spread that was particularly awesome to me. Um, it kind of remind me, reminded me it had some elements of like Attack on Titan. Um, and you have this planet that's being colonized by this group of people. And then there's other, a whole nother like, I don't know if they're a different race or a different species or what, but they've also are colonizing there. And so you're kind of looking at like a potential war on a planet like a war between two colonizing uh countries on this new planet and then there's also other things that already live there so it was really interesting it did a lot of really cool world building um it wasn't like the most amazing book that i read as far as like a number one but what's really cool is it sets up everything that could become you know so that was really cool. I thought it was a good book. Um, a lot, I've seen a lot of people going really crazy about over Sonata, so maybe it's going to become a big thing. I'm not sure, but I will say it set itself up really well to just explode through the next however many issues. You know, they kind of established the world and the rules and the characters, and I'm really interested to see what we're going to learn about the main character from that book, um, who's also the title character, I guess, named Sonata. So it was a really cool book, and uh, I'm excited to see what come what what becomes of that. Um, other than that, I didn't really read too much. Uh, flipped through a couple things I've been working on or whatever, but nothing too specific. Um, didn't really play any video games this week. Uh, haven't really watched. Well, actually, me and my wife watched uh, season nine of Shameless, but really it was mostly her. She pretty much rushed through the whole season. Um, I think I probably watched maybe four total episodes worth of the season, so I didn't get into all of it too deep, but I mean, it's a show that I've, uh, kept on my periphery, you know, since I think episode or season three or so, three or four is whenever I picked it up and I kind of binged and got caught up. And then over the years, as it's continued to come out, I've seen bits and pieces here and there of each season, but I haven't really sat down and watched any single thing. One thing I will say about going back and watching as much of as I did consecutively of season nine is that it's really cool. The writing has not changed. They still know exactly who they are, who those characters are. And there hasn't, you know, there's there's been uh, growth and character development. But at the same time, like there's no pretension behind the writing. They still know that they're writing the Gallagher's and it's just like all out craziness. So, uh, yeah, I mean, season nine of Shameless, just as good as you would have expected. Um, I, I think the worst part of it was probably Fiona's storyline. They seemed really confused about what to do with her at the end of her run. So, I don't know, that, that whole thing got kind of weird, but whatever. They tied it off, they, they let it go. So, you know, what's done is done, it's all good. So, uh, and it looks like there might be some thunder here in just a moment. So, listen for that, guys. Listen. Okay, so, um, yeah, other than that, this week's been real chill. Today is Father's Day, Sunday, Father's Day. Um, it was cool. When met my family, we just had, like, a big family meal at Cracker Barrel, which is, like, a pun in itself. But, yeah, I 
my feelings on Cracker Barrel. The food's not that great. That store is in the way of getting to the food, so it's really not my favorite place to eat. Um, take it as you will. I don't know. It's just not that great to me. But uh, Father's Day was great. Hung out with the family. That was all cool. Yada, yada, yada. Came back. Um, spent some time just chilling around the house. Spent some time with the kids and, you know, Father's Day kind of deal. So, yeah, it is what it is. Um, getting ready for work tomorrow, you know, Monday morning, back to the grind. So, that's where I'm at. Uh, this coming up weekend, I will be going to Dallas. So, uh, that should be interesting, fun, and different because I drove around Dallas once. Like, we were going to Missouri and we took a big loop around Dallas, didn't even go through it. But, um, yeah, this will be my first time actually going there that I can think of. So, that should be fun. But, whatever. We're going to a, a quinceanera, so I'm sure they'll be drinking and dancing. So, that'll be fun. At least I can entertain myself. But that also reminds me my schedule is kind of compressed this week. So, yay. Um, yeah, other than that, getting ready for work tomorrow. And it's probably going to be a busy week. So, um, nice paycheck, though, I hope. So, should be a good one. All that to say, um, good week. Moving on, let's get into what is power creep. Okay, so power creep is a term I heard, I don't know, years ago. And it, it took a moment, but it pretty much made sense to me once I heard it. Um, basically, over time, characters and rules and games or whatever else can get stronger. Power creep really seems to apply specifically to like trading card games where the next generation of cards needs to be stronger to make them uh, more exciting for people to watch. But at the same time, that means they're stronger than the old generation. So they're out, which means now you have to kind of redo the, the old generation in order to bring them back and make them stronger. So as they get stronger, the next generation has to leap them. And so you have this continuous growth, right? Power creep. Over time, power levels keep creeping. That doesn't mean this happens everywhere. Um, I could think, I would think probably the least offensive thing to power creep ever is probably Harry Potter. I mean, this character went through like seven years of school and he learned how to cast four spells. Um, he never got stronger than his mentor Dumbledore. Like, this was probably the most minimalistic power creep I've ever seen. You might could even argue it's not even actually power creep. But I think that's another discussion for another time. My, and I guess the most egregious and where I want to focus a lot of attention on is... Things like, um, you know, things like Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is the most outrageous power creep I've ever seen. In Dragon Ball, you have almost no power. In Dragon Ball Z, it rapidly ramps up until you get to uh, probably like the Majin Buu saga, I think, is where it really was just out of hand at that point. They didn't even know what to do anymore. They were just like mixing characters together. It was crazy, you know? So that's what I want to look at is power creep and how that affects storytelling. So digging into it, you have some, um, the way that storytelling can handle this is sometimes you have stories like Harry Potter where there's a very minimal, uh, you know, power creep. On the other hand, you can have something like Dragon Ball Z where there's an insane amount of power creep. It's, it's ridiculous. 
there's uh there's things like I believe in Dune there's a character that becomes like an immortal god and yet they're still revealing things through the storytelling about his character and his internal struggles. So there's a lot of ways the storytelling goes to get around these things. I think the handiest way the the most important tool that we have to handle power creep though is just accepting it and knowing that it's there and minimizing how that takes effect. So focusing on Dragon Ball Z and um, I see a lot of this in anime. I didn't watch a lot of Naruto, but I felt like it kind of had the same thing every time that I checked in with it. Bleach was really bad about it. Like the power creep just ramps up so quick and it gets into these God level powers. And it reminds me a lot of an American comic book character named Superman, who was still is to this day. I find him to be the most difficult character to follow because the storytelling, there are so few Superman stories that are truly amazing because the level of storyteller you have to be to write something interesting about Superman is unheard of. You know, it's, it's like love songs. Is there really a new love song anymore? Everything that needs to be said has been said, you know? So that's how I feel about Superman. Like there is no more unique storytelling. I feel like that's why we always get the challenge of uh, everybody wants to know who would win a fight between Superman and Goku. I believe Death Battle's already done it twice at least, so we know how that all goes. But at the end of the day, I think that's why we see people that want to see these two fight and find out who would win is because the storytelling behind these characters becomes so difficult to do when they have godlike powers. If you look at Superman, there's a handful of great stories. You have things like All-Star Superman, where they specifically take away his power just to, to write a good story around him because they have to show how his powers aren't what really makes him the hero that he is. You know, so you have things like this. On the other hand, you have Goku. This man is so insanely powerful, and he just keeps going up that now they have Dragon Ball Super going on. I haven't been following it. I haven't been keeping up. But what I do know is that it, it's basically him fighting like interdimensional gods. And this is just craziness. Super Saiyan Goku, Super Saiyan God, Goku, like this is, this is the most egregious example of, of uh, power creep I can imagine. But even a character like Superman, we, we always think of him as having the same powers all the time, right? I believe it was uh, 1978 Superman, we saw him do things like... Uh, you know, use his super breath, use his x-ray vision, heat vision, um, he could fly. But can you believe when he was originally introduced, he didn't have pretty much any of those powers. Superman was just strong. He was incredibly strong. And then he, be and I don't know if he was, but soon afterward, I know for sure he became uh, fast also, extremely fast. So he was strong, then he was fast. It didn't take too long to get to the point where he was using, uh, like, wind, uh, super breath, and things like, uh, he originally used his, he had x-ray vision, they developed the x-ray vision, and then that quickly turned into him intensifying his x-rays as much as he could to make the heat vision. So this is a character that we've seen have the same crazy power creep progression. 
And it really is a thing because it makes storytelling so hard that you only have a handful of great stories out of one side. And the other side has just decided that it has to embrace the craziness and take off with it. I mean, it only took 60 episodes of Bleach for Ichigo to end up in the Soul Society and basically being a full-time Soul Reaver. Like, it's crazy how fast that show spiraled out. I uh, I watched the first 60 episodes. I took a big break because I knew I had heard there was a bunch of filler right there. And then whenever I came back to it, I lasted for maybe two or three episodes and I was out. These shows, these stories, they don't interest me. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that love these kinds of things. And there's probably plenty of people that make the argument that, you know, the power is not, power is not important. You know, it doesn't matter how powerful they are. They still have internal struggles, and that's where these characters should be explored. But for me, it just becomes a very ridiculous thing to buy into a character like Superman or Goku whenever they have all the power they could ever need or want. I'm sorry, I understand that being Clark Kent is the difficult part of being Superman, but at the end of the day, that doesn't relate to me. And I think that's why I don't read that many superhero comics at this point in my life. I just have no interest in the secret identity and hide away from the world. Characters like Spider-Man have always have touched my heart because I lived that life and I can relate to it. You know, it's in my past and I would never go back to it, but I, I was like Spider-Man in high school, you know, like so many other people were. You were quiet, you were out of the way, you know, and, and you loved to learn, you know, it was... That's what high school was for a lot of people. That character will always be relatable. But at the end of the day, the the secret identity and the the secret heroism just doesn't really tickle my fancy anymore. So I'm really just ranting and wasting time at this point. But this was a topic I really just wanted to kind of share my thoughts out loud about how frustrated I get watching these characters reach God-level powers and not actually have anything to do with them anymore. They, they come down to just a big tournament, a big showdown. We have Batman versus Superman, Goku versus Vegeta. You know, these, these battles are simply just the two strongest heroes have to fight each other. And it gets crazy, it gets out of hand, and it bores me. Um, I personally don't read a lot of superhero stuff at this point anymore because of the amount of power creep. I know fantasy struggles with it sometimes, and I've never really got too much into fantasy. And I think this is a big deterrent for me is power creep, because I used to love Dragon Ball Z, and I went back and watched Dragon Ball, but for me, Dragon Ball Z ends whenever Cell and Gohan fight. That's the end. I didn't care for the Majin stuff, and everything after that just progressively got worse to me. I tried watching Dragon Ball Super whenever it first premiered. I was on board for the first, like, eight episodes, and I just couldn't get into it. It was straight back to where we left off. Now everything's just, like, about God-level powers, and it gets old. I enjoy dimension hopping. I enjoy good sci-fi. I just can't get into the ridiculous powers. I've always preferred subtle characters, somebody more on the ground, like Daredevil. But at the end of the day... I really just want to address that there is an issue with power creep and it does affect storytelling. And so that's where it really gets important to me is that whenever it comes to power creep, our best tool is to be aware. 
if you know that there's power creep, if you keep an eye on these things, Goku would not have spiraled out this far. You had to make him so much more powerful than Frieza for him to win the fight, that now the next thing to come along has to be even more powerful than Goku. Which in turn makes, turn makes Goku train and get stronger because that's just his nature. Goku loves to be the best. So he's of course going to get stronger. Now he's so strong that he beat this guy. So the next one that comes along has to be even more strong. And this is just how power creep works. We don't even, we, we forget to pay attention to it. We just let it happen. It gets out of control until we start to lose fans and interest. For me, personally, I love a great story with some very subdued, subtle powers, things that are really interesting. Um, everything that was on the Netflix Marvel lineup was awesome. I loved uh, Jessica Jones was probably my favorite, uh, that and Daredevil. I didn't get to watch. Uh, I didn't get to watch The Punisher, Luke Cage. I watched most of the first season. I really liked it as well, but um, I didn't like quite how visible Luke Cage was. He was a little too out there for me, you know, as as far as like his presence and acknowledgement. Um, I like that Daredevil had the secret side. It just made it a little more interesting whenever he got into these like public beatdowns, you know, like was his identity going to be revealed? Um, I even liked, uh, you know, Jessica Jones, I don't know, they re never really addressed how much people knew about her or, or her powers. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but I really just loved the P.I. detective gumshoe kind of thing that was going on with her character. I thought Kilgrave was awesome, but a lot of people overlooked that. Um, X-Men have always had like a, a lot of great stories to me that didn't deal necessarily with directly with the powers, you know. So there's a lot of stuff out there that's done right by, by powers and power creep. Even so, you have uh, characters like Wolverine who their their healing factor has gotten so out of control. Deadpool's another one. Just nothing can stop them. Um, I feel like Deadpool's gimmicky enough that, you know, we love him for all the reasons that we're eventually going to hate him. But somebody like Wolverine, he's, he's going to be around forever. People love that character. He's just a little ball of anger. I don't really get it, but a lot of people love him, so... It is what it is. I think his powers have gotten insane. The amount of of uh, healing factor he has is just, it's ridiculous. It's out of control. So we see power creep appear everywhere. It pops up everywhere. Um, in TV writing, I think they call it jumping the shark. Because if I remember correctly, Fonzie and Happy Days jumps a shark toward the end of the series. Because they were running out of ideas to top the last great episode they had so eventually it just became like we got to make him jump a shark on skis and that became the running joke and that's how tv operates now at a certain point you run out of storytelling and you just have to keep on making raising the stakes until you get to the point where you're jumping the shark you have nothing left to give there's no more stakes um i feel like dexter ran into that problem they they ran out of stakes and that one really pissed me off because with Dexter, they had him fall in love with a, oh, spoiler alert in case you haven't seen any of this stuff a little late in the episode, but total spoiler alert, my bad. Anyway, okay, so in Dexter, at the end of this series, they have him fall in love with another serial killer. And she uses poison, and so, you know, he doesn't know that he can trust her. 
that was interesting and compelling characters to put together. I, I really wanted to see how that relationship was going to play out, and then it's like they backed out of it all of a sudden and just like left-fielded the rest of the, the, the series. It was weird. Um, but that, that was like, I had hope for a moment that we were about to get some really compelling stuff about like Dexter can't give up on this girl cause he loves her so much, but she could really like literally kill him at any time. I mean, this was just another show. They got to a level of power creep after the Trinity killer. They didn't know what to do to raise the stakes anymore. In fact, if you remember the Trinity killer killed Rita, Rita was, you know, she was the, the, the pinnacle of the series. She was the, the ultimate stakes. And once the Trinity killer killed her, that was it. Um, you had Dexter's son, but they never put Dexter's son in any real danger. And honestly, adding a baby to his situation was not compelling storytelling in the first place. I think it would have been way more interesting if he was old enough to find out what was going on. Like an, a, a six, seven, eight, maybe nine or ten year old, you know, that would have been really interesting storytelling because those kids see and observe everything. But this was just another thing where they they didn't take things far enough or they took them too far and they couldn't scale back. If they had not lost Rita, they probably still would have had a compelling story. If they had done a time jump where he had an older kid, you know, where now his son, who was named, I think, Harris or Harrison, uh, if he had been a little bit older, but it was not compelling when he's like two years old, you know, one and two years old, and he doesn't understand the world around him. So I think that was another example of power creep gone wrong. As far as Dexter's concerned, that was kind of jumping the shark for them at that point. Um, you look at things like uh, Batman versus Superman. Like, where would the next logical step had went for that series? What, what would you do with Batman? I mean, you just saw Batman fight Superman, who has been compared to a god through this whole thing. And then at the end here, you're going to... What, what's the next logical step for that? Batman can't go be a detective and fight the Joker. He would murder him in one punch. He he knows how to fight a god. Like, power creep gone wrong. The, the stakes are out of control. You can't send him back to be a regular Batman anymore at this point, you know? So, it's just something that, you know, you have to be aware of because if you don't, have enough stakes in place you can lose interest in the 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 audience your viewers your readership whatever it is they are going to lose interest if the, there's no proper stakes in place whenever you don't have anything for the character to protect or to save or something to reward the character with after everything they go through after all that fighting they have so and so to go home to and that's those moments, those character moments like that, that's what you build your character out of. But whenever those stakes are gone, whenever that person's not there anymore, they don't have anybody to go home to. There's nothing interesting for the reader at that point or the viewer or your audience. You've lost them at that point. So you have to make sure whenever it comes to storytelling that you're aware of what your stakes are, and how far that can escalate. If you look at something like Breaking Bad, they were smart enough to know there's only so much that, that can keep this audience interested. This story is quickly spiraling out, 
And honestly, I would, I've always kind of compared it to Weeds. Weeds was another show that didn't know how to handle power creep, and it spiraled out so fast. You look at the end of season, season two, season three, somewhere in there, that's whenever she burns down the subdivision and they, they move out. And at that point, the show just kept spiraling out. She's living in Mexico with a, uh, a cartel lord or a government official or whatever, um, his left-hand woman gets killed. I mean, the whole thing spirals out so fast. It's insanity. And that show was not good, honestly, after probably the third or fourth season. Whereas something like Breaking Bad, they kind of had the same thing going on as Weeds, except for they recognized it and they stopped it. They shut it down. They said, this is enough. The story is complete. Why keep going? We need to write the end of this and move on. And I think that's the biggest the biggest thing I could say for that show is that they ended before they got bad. Oh, it's the most cliche thing in the world, but Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, come on, man. Either either you live long enough to see yourself become the villain or you die a hero. And that's just how it is. That's just how it always has been, that's how it always will be. Stop the power creep. Shut down your story before it gets to that point. Die a hero. And don't go back to it. That's all I have to say about power creep. I, I just wanted to express myself out loud to the public and let everybody know kind of where I stand on power creep and how I feel about this. And kind of try to bring an awareness to it because I don't think a lot of people even realize how this affects a story or storytelling or how characters develop, or even the stakes of the story and the interest that's there. So, I hope everybody learns something. I hope that everybody has an opinion. Let me know. Hit me up on social media. I'm on Twitter, um, Facebook, Instagram, Podbean. Uh, the podcast is now on iTunes, so it's uh, pretty much on everything at this point. You, uh, most of the major podcast apps, as far as I know, tap the iTunes library so anything that's on iTunes any podcasts on iTunes should appear on pretty much every major podcast platform so look me up give me a rating a review whatever you can do to help me spread my message I'm trying to spread the message of uh, a couple different things right now um, there's Graveyard Slaughter it's an awesome Kickstarter campaign for a horror anthology graphic novel Colin Bunn's one of the writers on it so go check that out Pledge $15, get yourself a copy of the book. It's already funded. At this point, we're just unlocking all the awesome, awesome stretch goals. So $15, get you a book, $20 for the alternate cover. Um, if you looked on my social media, I'm sorry, I should have put this together. But uh, there are two other projects that I have backed as well currently. So if you want to look on there, I'm sure you can find them. One of them I just added today. The other one was from before. I think it might have already run out of time. But either way, look me up on social media. I'm always sharing the books I'm reading, the exciting things that I discover. I always share information about this podcast. And, you know, I love to let everybody know what's going on. So check me out on social media. Add me if you see me. Let's have that discussion. What do you think about Power Creep? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it objectively good, objectively bad? However you think about it, let me know. Hit me up.